Hey, it's Peppermint, and I just joined the Digital Drag Festival 2020. I'm doing a live quarantine concert from my New York City apartment, April 4th, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, and you are invited for a front row seat. You can get your tickets at stageit.com or just go to any of my socials. I will see you there. <laughs> Do you want more behind-the-scenes photos? Yeah. How about full uncensored access oh yeah maybe you just want the full vip treatment well for as little as one dollar you can become a loyal patreon of mine at patreon.com forward slash trinity the tuck and enjoy behind the scenes photos videos and tons more content before everyone else plus there's exclusive merch check it out today Mm. Welcome back to work. I'm your hostess, Trinity the Tuck, and our guest this episode is the beautiful and fresh Peppermint. This week, we talk about sisterly scandals, drag race rundown, hot topics, and more. Hi guys, welcome back to work. I'm your hostess, Trinity the Tuck, and today's special guest is my season nine sister, Peppermint. Hey. What's going on? Girl, I'm so happy to talk to you. I love talking to you. We talk like all the time. I think you're, I know, the, girl. you're the one girl from our season, but any season really of, of Drag Race that I talk to the most. That's definitely true for me, too. And I think it's funny because I think most people just, after having watched season nine, you might not think that you and I would be, like, the two girls that talk a lot. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> I know. It, it is It is crazy. And it's like, um, you know, after season nine, I got also really close to Valentina. But that bitch is in her own world, honey. I, I hardly ever get to talk to her now because she's, she's, like, too busy. She's to a busy queen. Yeah. <laughs> I do see her from time to time. She'll like breeze through. She'll be like, I'm in New York. I'm coming over. I'm like, okay. That's the great thing I do like about uh, Valentina is that like our friendship is, we just pick up where we left off. Yeah. So, well, um, I'm so excited to have you on this podcast. We have so many fun topics and some serious topics to talk about. I mean, like I haven't had this many uh, subcategories for a podcast in a while, bitch. <laughs> That's right, honey. Um, well, let's just go ahead and just dive right in, sweetie, into the cool waters. Oh, wait, this is the wrong girl. Um, so, um, I always do, like, whenever there's, like, drama within the drag race kingdom, it's called Sisterly Scandal. So, let's start with Sisterly Scandals. Sisterly Scandals. Oh, my God. Um, this scandal is, I don't know if you know about this or not, but girl, I'm always on Twitter or Reddit. I follow Jake Yonsa, so bitch, I'm, I'm knowing in the know-all, be-all, see-all, hear-all. Um, and girl, Miss Leslie Jones let Britta Filter have it this past week on Twitter. On Twitter? What? I don't know anything about this. Okay. Uh, okay, so I'm not going to say all of it because there was like, I don't know, like 20. It wasn't even just on on Twitter. It was also on her Instagram uh, story feed. She had like 20 
Instagram stories of like letting Britta have it. And so like watching last week's episode, I was like, Leslie is a great judge. She's, She's great. like very into it. She's got charisma. She kind of knows what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. So I was into it. But then after hearing all this other stuff, I'm like, I have like two conflicting opinions because mm-hmm. one, I can, I can understand where she's coming from with like the whole Britta thing, thinking Britta's too cocky and like a loud mouth and drama and shady kind of. But then also like she goes above and beyond like, girl, okay, we get it. Um, but just some of her tweets were just like crazy. And so Britta like reach, like retweeted too that, you know, Leslie was a, a and oh. that, yeah, I mean, it went into depth. Like I've never seen a feud between a judge and a drag race girl like that. Um, and it was that vicious. What did she say? It was pretty vicious. But anyway, she was basically saying that Britta is not talented. She's not funny. She can't act. She doesn't have the fashion. And that if you haven't seen the show, you know those are elements that the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race has to have in order to win. And, I mean, it was a read, bitch. She let Britta have it. I mean, like, that, like... I don't know, you know, Leslie is a celebrity uh, more so than Britta. Why, you know, she already knows how it is getting, like, backlash on... Mm-hmm. Online on, or on so, Twitter and... Online, the- so yeah. I felt like it was a little much. It was a little too much of, like, a bully standpoint. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. she already knows how that is. And then to post that to your Instagram where you have a million followers and they're, all those people are going to come after Britta, too, like... Girl, that's a little extra. What do, what do you think? I mean, I'm actually quite surprised. I really love Leslie Jones. Um, I met her doing Saturday Night Live. I did an appearance on SNL last year. And then ever since then, obviously, it's, it films in New York. So it's right down the street. I go there all the time um, and hang out. She left SNL, obviously. But I got a chance to hang out with her a, a bunch and she always expressed being a, the biggest fan. Uh, and it was no secret because she would tweet about watching all of the, catching up on all the shows and watching all the shows. And obviously she's probably one of the judges that was the most enthusiastic that I've ever seen on the show. Like when they were you know, yeah. watching the show, she's singing along and knows all the words. And so I was, I mean, I thought she was just like an ace judge watching the show. I thought she was like perfect for this. So oh, I'm so really good. surprised to see her attacking any of the girls or Britta. I don't know everything that she said, but the fact that she would even call her out. Um, I mean, I'm not, it's, it's on one hand, I'm not surprised because she does, she does get messy like that. Leslie, like she, <laughs> likes, to go, she likes to be like, you know, she reacts, she reacts really quickly. You see her watching in real time, not only drag race, but every other reality show right now, she's watching AJ and the queen. You can like follow her stories and see that she's like, Oh, bitch she's stupid bitch like she totally like dragged that little girl that on from aj and the queen which a lot of Damn. people are doing um and so she does kind of react real quick and get messy but i you would think that like you said since she knows what it's like to be a performer she knows what it's like to be a person of color come like really reducing she's only met britta as far as i know the one time on the show 
And so yeah. that's kind of a lot for somebody that you've only met once. So I really don't, I, I disagree with it. And everybody has, especially these queens that are on the show, we all have, many of us have missteps, make mistakes with either the fashions or the costumes or the the, the, the entire challenge or whatever. And then you like, you stumble and then you learn from it and then you can keep going on and hopefully keep going on in the show. And so I think yeah. it's kind of a lot. Um, I disagree with, with Leslie's approach. I think that I, she should I agree. I agree. I, but I do, I really do like Leslie. I think that uh, she's so funny. Mm-hmm. I like her commentary. Um, I just, I just think she needs to like, girl, 20, 20 tweets or 20 Instagram stories about Britta is a little much. Okay, we get it. One comment here or there. We mm-hmm. get it. Okay, that's that's cool. Everybody does it, but that was a little extra. But coming um, for her is like a per- it sounds like it's personal. <laughs> uh, yeah, like like what did Britta do to you, bitch? <laughs> like what did she really do? Um but speaking of like season twelve girl drama, there there's so much from these different girls that has happened. Um, season 12 from, is like the cursed season. Girl, I mean, <laughs> from so Cherry Pie to um, Britta's allegations to... Um, Leslie and Britta and... Yeah, Leslie and Britta. Uh, there's so many other Corona things. Corona happening in the middle of the season. <laughs> I mean, girl, like, it is cursed. But um, have you seen... These Jake Yonce has reposted these a lot. I'm gonna have to go back and, and get on his thing. But Aiden Zane has posted in the past. This has been years ago, like ten years ago. Um, and there's a reason why I'm bringing it up now because it's it's it. I'm asking a relevant question after this. Mm-hmm. Um, but Aiden apparently posted some like transphobic and racist stuff in the past on um, old Twitters. Um, in 2009, again, this has been years ago and people's, you know, opinions or how they are, what they believe in surely can change in that amount of time. So this is relevant again, because she's on season 12 Mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm interested to see, because this has been brought up. Um, so in 2009, Aiden Zane posted, and this might be offensive, um, language or, or, um, mm-hmm. to the fra- phrasing. Mm-hmm. So yes. So um, Aiden posted, "Trannies piss me off. Take off the flats. They were made for your mom." <gasps> what? Now, yes, years ago, not not too far long ago, like a couple of years ago, Carmen brought up and made aware that the word tranny is offensive to trans women and. Mm. Before that, before she brought that up, that was a common word used in um, the drag culture and and even in the trans culture. Yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, not in a negative way, just used Mm -hmm. in just the vocabulary. Mm -hmm. And so um, I could see that maybe she didn't realize back then because this was way before. This was two thousand and nine. How old was she? I don't know. She must have been 10 years old. I don't know, but um, there's more. Um, This was a racist one. It said, uh, this was from 2010. Mm -hmm. Dating tips from a little Asian woman. Hmm. No thanks. Like, girl, why? Okay, why why didn't you just say? (laughs) Yeah, why didn't you just say from, from a woman? 
Yeah, like what does that have to like, do with her being Asian or little? <laughs> right. It. Um. It's just there's there's another one. Um. Um. She's doing this in quotation marks. I guess she's quoting something, and it says, "And all you n words gonna test me. I'm gonna lick out Cho Braya Yans, whatever that means." Cho Yans. I don't know, mm. but. And so did she actually spell out the entire word? Um, she spelt it not not E-R, but A at the end. Okay. Um, like, it sounds like it was, like, lyrics to something. But there's been other allegations and posts that people have made mm-hmm. where she has, has posted stuff in her past. Um, the reason why I bring this up is I want to ask you, what are your thoughts on someone changing their views on that in so long ago from, from now, like that was at least 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think on one hand, um, people are allowed to say what they want to say. And unfortunately I think the internet captures that stuff and kind of crystallizes it and it will bring it back like on a gleaming pedestal when you get famous or when you get onto a TV show then all of a sudden, all the things that you said from the past are up for up for scrutiny, um, and I know that that's that sucks for a lot of people. But that's just the way it is. I mean, by by now we know that this happens. There's nobody that's waking up in 2020 and not realizing that we have this thing called the internet, and then all kinds of things leak on there, statements, people's music, their nudity, nude pics, sex tapes. And so if you, I think you're human to do all those things, but you should clean up after yourself. And I think the best thing that one can do, if you're not going to go back in your own history, because if your tweets are there for everybody else to see, then you can see them too. And so I think right. you can go back and say, look, I'm about to be on such and such a TV show. Let me go ahead and sign into my MySpace account <laughs> and delete all that stuff that I used that I think would not fly. And if you don't do that, then it's more than just deleting it. By the time somebody, when Jake Yance finds it, darling, you're going to have a video made. And so, <laughs> and now you really have to, to address it. And I think people can change, but I think it really depends on, you know, how much they want to put into it. And I think there is a way to do it. I think if you, if you say, you know what, I didn't mean to say that. Um, it was completely wrong of me. Let me not only delete the tweet, let me explain why I know that's wrong. And then let me go the further distance by like, if it was a racist group or if it was trans something, let me give some money to charity. Let me point, and if I don't have money to give, maybe I'll point y'all to, let's, these are some organizations that I support now that I didn't know about back in the day. This is how I think, you know, things should go now. And then kind of for a little while, kind of be the champion of, of setting it right and making sure that the conversation goes the way that it should. And I think if you don't do those things and you're kind of just like, yeah, I said it, who cares? And I mean, that's fine. People do have a right to, unfortunately, people have a right to decide to cancel you if they want. I think it's unfair that people do automatic canceling, but I really, it does puzzle me why people don't take the opportunity to really have a conversation. There are several things on season 12 (laughs) that could that could prompt a real conversation about consent, obviously about transphobia, 
and racism and um, even, um, you know, conservationism and treating the earth properly for those of you that, that know that scandal. <laughs> and so- what, what, what is that scandal? We'll talk about it like off the air. <laughs> oh, oh, damn. There's there's drama that I don't even know what you're talking about. You're gonna tell me off there. <laughs> there's some there's some season twelve stuff that that's 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 also happened during season twelve. But um, I do think that you know folks could you know if you're the host of a show any any reality show it's not a bad thing to take a minute to hold a forum where you all can kind of talk about these things and like really kind of get it off your chest and figure it out because these are things that the fans are obviously thinking about the people that watch the show are thinking about, and you don't want to have it drag you. It's better to get out and like get in front of it. I think. Well, like I am, I'm talking with this specifically with you because one, we're friends, but Mm -hmm. two, you have a different perspective than I do because you're a woman of color and you know, this, these kind of things affect you more than they do me. Um, and so, um, I do I want a to move personal on. thing about it because I mean I was, you know I was sort of I was it, there's another tweet from Aiden that apparently came up that I just found from 2018, and I was oh that's really clear that's that's not far along yeah in the past I mean it's basically it it wasn't necessarily a transphobic tweet it was just Aiden defending RuPaul um, during the second controversy um over being transphobic um or <laughs> the second most popular one um <clears throat> with RuPaul just after having had a there was an interview in the Guardian where Ru had famously stated that she wouldn't allow any trans women on the show and so I got dragged into that conversation unintentionally because Ru invoked my name the writer talked about me and my surgical status what I had done, what I hadn't had done, and what makes me a woman or not. And that was really hurtful to me, you know? Um, I just didn't really appreciate it. I think that there was a better way to have that conversation. And I really didn't respond. Um, A lot of other girls did. A lot of other people did respond and kind of put their opinion out. And then, you know, RuPaul did end up apologizing. And so Aiden Aiden Zane obviously jumped into that. Um, that as well. And so just that whole, that whole conversation just kind of went down. I remember the first time with, with Rue and the like she controversy when they were going to change the name she And there was kind of an online debate about those things. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember Rue's at Rue's statements were basically, they came off as kind of defiant. They were basically like, I pay the light bill up in there and we'll do what, do it the way I want to do it. And that's fine, um, but it, you know, I remember people like com- really coming for girls like Carmen Carrera, who were, I think, really, you know, sticking out her neck um, at that time and and trying to have a conversation. And back then, I think it was respectful. Some of the things that have been said recently, I'm I'm not in support of, but um, it it all has been really hurtful. And I really do think that there is a way Drag Race and World of Wonder could do successfully. I, I agree with you. I, I think that this is a, a definitely a touchy subject, especially for um, for RuPaul's Drag Race alumni that are constantly trying to work and, mm-hmm. you know, 
world of wonder is a big source of that work. And so, you know, it, you kind of have to try to figure out a way to maneuver around that situation or that subject if you want to address the subject without being offensive to everybody. It is tough. It's tough. Um, but I'm glad that the subject is being talked about. I'm glad that um, it's being brought up and, and, you know, people are made aware because that's the only way you're going to have change. That's mm-hmm. the only way you're going to have acceptance and, and, and move forward mm-hmm. instead of, you know, lateral. Um, and, and this isn't going to go away. Like in terms of trans women being on drag race or being, you know, in the world of drag, it's, it's not going away. We were here. <laughs> you know, you, you've been here. We've been here. Trans women, <laughs> trans women have been a huge part of the, the drag community since, you know, the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like it is, it, it is part of uh, the culture and it is, it is strange. I, um, I, I want to, we're going to talk more about this subject later because some fan questions mm-hmm. actually address specific things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll ask those for the fan portion. Mm-hmm. I do want to address uh, this next topic, which is mm-hmm. um, about Queens of color, not getting as much fan support mm-hmm. and they don't get it verified on social media as fast as their white counterparts. Mm-hmm. And that's being uh, a big thing for season 12 because I noticed all of the season 12 queens other than the black queens were already verified and um, had all, you know, fans had followed them and they were all, all reached over a hundred thousand except for the black, the black, black, except for the black queens. So what is your experience with that? What do you, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, I think in terms of getting verified from Twitter and social media, um, it's, I don't really under, I still don't fully understand exactly how the verification system works. So I, uh-huh. I want to say that first. I remember in season nine, they were taking it upon them. Um, Ellen had mentioned that they were trying to get us verified or Brittany, somebody mentioned it, um, that they were going to do it for us. Maybe they were communicating, the show was communicating with Twitter or Instagram. And, and I remember we were all verified on the same day like all yeah. at the same time. And so I, I assumed that they would just keep doing that for, for every season. And I don't know if they changed that or what. I mean, I certainly would like to think that it's not the social media people from RuPaul's Drag Race just deciding not to, <laughs> they wouldn't do that. Um, and so it must, it must be just left up to Twitter and Instagram to verify who they think needs to be verified based on fan interactions. And so yeah. fan interactions right now that's leading that and only the white queens have, or none of the queens of color have been verified, then that's really troubling to me. And But it's just, it literally is a check mark that shows you where the where the kind of racist tendencies lie. Not necessarily yeah. with the white queens, but I'm just saying that's where the support is. And I think if you have a problem in this country with racism or with any kind of discrimination, it also exists in the drag world. Because oh, you know, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It it, it uh, with the fan base, especially. Mm-hmm. I I remember, um, you know, during season nine, Nina Bonina getting so much hate because Valentina got eliminated, and it wasn't even Nina's fault. Like Nina didn't do anything to Valentina. <laughs> there, there's been incidents since then, literally every season with every 
queen of color, um, getting um, racist comparisons or racist uh, phrases posted mm-hmm. to their their comment section. It is alarming. It's very it's very disheartening that mm-hmm. uh, we have people that are still with this mindset. Like it it just doesn't make sense. And there's been so so many talented queens of color on drag race it you know i i don't i don't i don't understand i i i can't relate because and i really can't speak on it too Mm -hmm. much because i don't you know i don't have that same experience well i do know that the i mean in terms of where it comes from or like why it exists it's really tough to kind of pinpoint it you know especially when it's a lot of it is on the internet and sometimes these Mm -hmm. people are anonymous we don't know who they are but i do think that it I can say that it definitely has real life, you know, kind of implications. It does affect, I think it trickles, it trickles down or it it carries through the, let's say the fans aren't supporting a girl and the sheep, they don't get booked. They don't get booked. And, and, and we're talking about the first or second week here. There's only been two eliminations there. The Queens haven't been on enough to know who is the star and who's, you know, at this point, pretty much all 12 of them or however many there are should be getting booked. Well, with the right. corona and everything that's happening, but they should be getting kind of e- equal support. You would think in the first week, all of the queens would have comparable follow followership. Like they would have well, and not even just them. that, but but you had for the first first episode, you had uh, Widow Von Du who really freaking slayed it, slayed and it. slayed it, um, and then you had. Uh, Jada Essence Hall, who's been slaying, slaying it week after week. It. Slaying so, it. Slaying it. Invisible. Invisible. Yeah. This girl's impact is no one is talking about them. And she's so gorgeous. And then Heidi's personality, like, there's just not somebody else on the season who has as much personality. Yep. And so it's just, and the, none of them have nasty attitudes. None of them are being hateful to the other queens. The, um, the, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't even understand it. And honestly, I feel like that I felt the same way in season nine. I mean, it was really difficult. I don't know exactly what, again, like it's, it's, it's not always that clear cut what's exactly happening, but I knew that, you know, for the longest time, people, the rumors were about me were just that I wasn't interesting, that I didn't, that I, you know, that I just, it felt like even my wins and the things that I did or whatever just made zero impact. And on the, on the show, until like there was only a few of us left and it was there had to look at me. Um, but I feel like, you know, that happened to a lot of the queens. It just, it really does happen a lot to the queens of color. And so we decided to do something about it. Um, you know, we were, because what ends up happening is the fans don't support, the girls don't get booked individually. And then there's all these sort of group tours that happen and they'll just have like one or two queen of color in the, on the roster. The token black girl. Exactly. And that just means that, you know, there's 200 something of us. There's only one, you know, one or two opportunities to work. It's just much less opportunities. And I think that they value us less. And I, I really saw that during, um, all stars three. Was it, wait, sorry. Was it? Yeah. All stars three with Kennedy and, um, I don't remember who it was, maybe milk when they were talking and, they all had the same challenge. They all had the same, I don't remember what the challenge was, but it was to make something out of some kind of costume out of some arts and crafts that were in the room. And 
basically Kennedy and some other, I don't remember who it was, forgive my drag race memory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> basically had the same outfit on. They had both glued flowers to their head and, and jewels from the table. And they, it was almost identical. Like it was the same outfit, you know? And, and one of the, the white queen, I don't remember, again, I don't remember it was, oh, you're so artistic. You're so inventive. You're so creative, blah, 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 blah. This is just so, you know, art, you know, art, whatever, like um, forward and ahead of its time. And then with Kennedy, she was just like, oh, you just look like arts and crafts. And it's like literally the same materials that they had to create these. This was a, an outfit that they had to create in the room. And they all used yeah. the same, out, the same um, materials. And so I couldn't, I can see now how, you know, these two queens, you have to perform above and beyond 10 times better, 10 times more professional. You can't show any flaws. You can't have any weaknesses. You have to be like perfect <clears throat> and 20 times more talented and 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 um charisma and all that and, 20 times and more fashion in order to be yeah. seen as just equal if you're a queen of color i see that i mean i again i don't have that that um experience but i see that and it, it is disheartening i um uh we're gonna talk again this is another topic that fans had asked mm -hmm. questions about so we'll talk more about that um, at the end, mm -hmm. um, let's move on to a uh, topic that I call Drag Race Rundown. So Drag Race Rundown is basically us just talking about our feelings about Drag Race in, in this season. What are your thoughts on uh, season 12, just as a whole? Uh, well, my first thought, my first impression when I saw like episode one was for the most part, these queens are really polished and oh, girl, extremely. I don't think they have had a as strong of a cast since season nine. I, I would have to. I mean, I, I probably, I, of course, I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> but these queens are extremely polished, and I would even say, you know, when you break it down to some, <clears throat> excuse me, individuals, that there's queen that all to, all together. Their, their queens are across the board probably more polished than many of the queens. I mean, look, I was not extremely polished. I was kind of professional and experienced. And so that adds to some of the polish, I guess, in a way. But like in terms of just like appearance, I wasn't that polished. Um, of course, it is more than my performance was polished. You also have to think, though, like the, the more seasons that happen, mm -hmm. the more time these girls have to prepare or like, you know, a lot of these queens that you see on season 12 are really young. I don't mm -hmm. think they have too many older queens. I don't think they have any older queens, do they? Well, I mean, to be fair, all the queens are in their late 20s or early 30s. Um, I, are they? I looked that up. Yeah, they. some of them look, Aiden Zane's almost 30. She's 29, what? you know, according to the internet. Um, wow. When she looks much younger. So maybe in 2009, that did make sense. And she was, an, she was almost an adult. Um, well, well, it's just, it's, it, you know, the, these queens have more time. To, like, they get to watch all this stuff. So they know what to do. They know how to mm -hmm. prepare to come onto the show now. Well, and, and they, they're following. I mean, it's, they're, they're following all of the girls that were on the show beforehand. And they're, they're contacting the same designers and the same wig stylists that a lot of us girls, I mean, to me, it was very clear during season nine, the, the designers that I worked with and the wig designers that I worked with 
there was a set that I worked with before going on to Drag Race and a set that I worked with after. Some of them crossed over. But for the most part, it was almost like pre-Drag Race stuff and post-Drag Race stuff. Um, and now I think that the queens are going on there with some of the top designers that, that the Drag Race queens are using um, that are obviously <laughs> quite pricey, I think. Um, and so that that adds to their polish because... I'm, Bitch, I, I'm looking at Wikipedia at their ages right now. Can you gag? And girl, I'm gagging. I cannot believe Sherry Pie is only 28. <laughs> she does seem older. Bitch, she looks old as hell. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, everybody's hating on her right now. But girl, like, <laughs> what is her skincare routine? Like... Fa- makeup foundation. <laughs> Girl, what what is she using? Um, yeah, and then you like you said, Aiden Zane is twenty nine. She looks like she's like she looks like sixteen. Yeah, she looks like a baby. And um, Gigi Good, she looks older than than twenty one. Right. She, she, yeah, and yeah, and Jackie Cox is thirty four. She looks way younger. I'm yeah. I'm gagged. So I the am the ages gagged. aren't mess, aren't matching up, but a lot of the the, the queens met most of them read younger than what we're seeing here in the late 20s and early 30s. Um, yeah. But not, needless to say, they're very polished. And and I'm and I'm I'm a fan. I really I'm here for it. I'm obviously Who's your favorite? Right now my favorites, I have three favorites right now. Um my three favorites are uh Nikki, uh Gigi. She's from LA. Um and Jada. And Jada's my favorite right now. Um, and these are the queens that I just I'm the I'm I'm in love with because they're yeah. so polished, they're so professional, and they really have it together. And they seem to all be able to have a playful side and really have some 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 personality as well. And so those are my favorites. And then my fourth like runner-up favorite is Heidi. <laughs> my three favorites are um Gigi. Uh, Jada and Rockham. Rockham because I think she just has such an endearing, sweet personality. Really, really. And really good performer. Um, and then um, my favorite right now, just because, girl, I just love the fashion. The runways are they're my favorite. Gigi. Um, and I also think there's way more we haven't seen of her yet that that's going to come to light as far as like her talents. Um, and then obviously coming in a very, very close second. And I'm sure these are going to flip flop back and forth through the season for me, Jada. Cause bitch, she She's is playing. beautiful. She's fashion. She is a pageant queen. I am. Living. I've never seen a better. Well, I have to say, I mean, you are pretty much there as well <laughs> for me, obviously, but I've never, I've like since season nine, I guess I'll say I have, I don't see a lot of Queens that I think are equal parts fashion, um, personality, and uh, pageant. And oh, she bitch, she is, blows my fashion out of the water, when, especially from season nine. Uh, my fashion was so, like, real costumey back then. And Jada is just... Fashion. Right, yeah. She is fashion. <laughs> she is, like, she is like stabbing... Yeah, she's stabbing at Gigi's heels. She really with, is. And, I'm ex- and, and Gigi, I'm just- you know... Gigi's mom makes all her clothes, so you know that, you know, she's a fashion designer, so obviously her, her stuff's going to be fashion, but Jada is, like, right there, bitch, like, bitch, I'm coming for you, whore. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm true. living for it's them, exciting. too. Yeah. What has been your favorite 
uh, episode so far, as far as like the theme? My episode, my favorite episodes of season 12 so far. Um, I yeah. think the last one was my favorite so far. Um, of course, I like seeing episode one because it's exciting and it finally comes back and and we get to see the entrances and kind of all that. Um, I really, honestly, I did not like the first two episodes. I did. I don't like that format of splitting the, the teams, the girls up. And I don't, oh, really? Yeah, and I don't, and the last week's episode was so, the episode where they awful. had that, it was awful. The, the American Idol challenge audition, it was horrible. I hated it. Was it. Awful. it was long. It was, I didn't understand it. I mean, I kind of got it, but it just, even when I worked really hard to figure it out, I still didn't, I was like, why am I watching this? And so yeah. last week's episode was felt right on track. Well, um, to end this segment, who do you think, if you were to, to, to bet money on it right now, is going to win the season? If I had to bet right now who's going to win the season, I really do think that Britta can... One of the things that I think is really interesting, and um, and I really love, if I had kept going on that list, Britta would have been high up and next on that list. And I'm rooting for all the New York City queens. I just want to say that up front. Um, but I think Britta actually... One of the things that I've noticed in her in a short amount of time is that she's she's really studying and looks like she wants to to make a change and adjust how she's presenting on the show. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that that will work in her benefit if she if she continues on in the show. And so, Brit- so you think Britta will win? No, 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 no. I think she really. I, I have to give more than one. She she really has a great chance. But if they had to win based on the top three episodes today, like the episodes today, like just based on the first few episodes so far, then I would say, um, I would, I really want uh, Jada to win. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. My, I, I think based off of right now, who I think would win, Gigi, who I That's want, true. who I want to win, Jada, and. I think Jada could easily win too. Mm-hmm. I really, I think, I think, I don't think that that's like far fetched at all. I think, bitch, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, she makes it all the way, and and she slays. Though you know, pageant queens have not been the most creative for the finale, so I mm-hmm. hope she doesn't follow in the rest of our footsteps. <laughs> um, and I hope she like really does pull something out that's innovative and interesting, so she can win. I think she will. I think she will. If she makes it to the finale, I definitely think she will because she's been watching. Uh, she's been watching and studying. And I think, as she knows how the pageant queens have done and scored just like across the board in for, for the whole season, for the whole series. So I think, right. I think she'll, she'll pull it out. Next up, we're going to talk about hot topics. Mm, hot topics. <laughs> okay. So, um, I've already covered this in a past podcast, but we need to do an update, obviously, because we're right in the middle of it. The uh, Miss Rona bitch. Girl, I, I just can't believe it. Like, Trump has been the worst. Uh, he There was just an update today where Trump is blaming Obama. For Corona? For not having enough coronavirus tests. Hmm. Look. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I 
I just am flabbergasted. I thought, you know, I was like, okay, this is a real crisis. Mm -hmm. Maybe Trump will show uh, (laughs) a a more, uh, well, just like a, you know, like he'll put his like, yeah, he'll put his like politics aside or, or his his corruption aside because this mm-hmm. is the good of for people like that are di- actually dying. You know, he'll actually do something that's right for a change. And well, girl, uh, <laughs> ma'am, at least at least he's consistent, bitch. He <laughs> I mean, yeah. What it, do you think? What's, I what's think happening? It's, I mean, it's, it's this is obviously unprecedented. I I can talk. About, I mean, you know, the. On one hand, it's obviously really scary. I mean, the last time I was ever this scared was during 9-11. I lived in New York um, I st- I, back then as well. And I actually worked at the World Trade Center. I was off that day, obviously. Um, and it was it was horrific. Um, you could feel a shift. You could feel kind of a feeling, a global feeling. Obviously, we are afraid. But one of the things that we did really, really quickly was we all went out to the bars and we, you know, things did slow down. I had to get emergency assistance and, you know, drag shows closed for a while. But eventually, obviously, everything kind of came back. And it was the it was just a different feeling. And this is the first time I've ever felt like, obviously, the entire planet is going through this at the same time. Whereas 9-11, it was just New York and Pennsylvania. Um, and DC, forgive me. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, it's really chilling on one hand. It's, it's really sobering. Um, but it is, it has been great to see how people have been coming together and, and being more, I think, present, finally using their, their, their phones and their social media. Cause I think when, when, when we talk about people being on their phones and on their social media, it's, it's always in the context of them kind of being detached and kind of yeah. not aware, not present, not paying attention to even what's going on around them. And now this, for the first time, is working to allow us to really connect with humanity and with each other in a way that I've never seen before. So there are some silver linings out of this. I can't believe our president, and I can't. I don't think that anything he's doing is convincing. I think he's, like, flailing. He Every day, it's something different out of him. Never once has he been consistently a strong sort of um, leader or a role model, I don't think. Um, do you think this is going to hurt absolutely. his reelection? I really do think so. If the, I mean, politically, if the Democrats can get themselves together to present a case against him, but they won't have to work, I don't think they'll have to work that hard because we can see it now. Although we said back in 2016, there's no way that this guy who's talking about grabbing women's pussies it's going to make it to be the presidency and look what happened. And so who knows? Um, but I think that the the difference this time is that this, what's happening now really does affect everyone, even his supporters, obviously everyone's who are, who's human. And this has, the way he talked about this has been so inconsistent. He said it was nothing, not a big deal, nothing to worry about. And then he's blaming it on China. Now he's blaming it on Obama. He just cannot focus. Um, And I think that's his downfall. Um, And so I do think that this will be sort of a referendum on his, this is his Katrina, you know? Yeah. How are you holding up during this? It's been really, it's been, it's been tough. Like I'm in good health right now, I think. I mean, they do say that it's possible to have corona and not 
show symptoms. Um, I think I'm in good health. I feel good. Um, I get a little stir crazy in the, in the house. Um, I wish I were working. It, it is a little, I do gag when I sit and look at my calendar and it's complete, it was full and now it's completely empty until September. Like my next paying job is September. Don't I know, bitch. <laughs> what, what's also scary, you know, um, for us is that, you know, I'm not on a cast. You're not on a cast. So like when the bars do open back, we don't just be like, oh, okay, well, we're going to start back work on this coming Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, all of us, all the Rue girls are going to be looking for work at the same exact time. Yeah. We're going to be looking for work then, probably in our own cities locally. Yeah. And so, you know, not only that, but like, I can't imagine being a local queen right now that, that w- literally works paycheck to paycheck and you, there's no income. Like, bitch, like, what the hell? Yeah. I also feel bad for the season 12 girls. Again, I mean, we talked about this being the cursed season. This is happening in the middle of their season. And it's, I mean, this is, that's, it's not the, it's not the most important thing in the world, but it is just, it's obviously very devastating. Um, for for them for them to like, to make their money because like right now would be the time that they would be making their the money. money. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Cause some of them aren't going to get booked after the season's over. Like, let's be real. Girl, like, I mean, that, honey, that's just how it works. Apparently it's, it's coming like the next day. I mean, in San um, I want to move on to another um, not so positive. Uh, <laughs> my listeners are going to be like, "Oh my god, they're they're talking about nothing but so so much seriousness." I promise. After these next two topics that are together, we'll go on to something a little happier. <laughs> um, but you had wrote me because we, when we were talking about doing this, you had wrote me about two topics that you specifically wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. which I don't know much about. Um, so you can educate me as well as mm-hmm. our listeners. Um, Title Seven and HB five hundred. Yeah, well, Title Seven, and you you participated a little bit. And I'm really um, thankful that you did. Um, Title Seven is basically <clears throat> unemployment. Uh, I'm not sorry, employment discrimination protections um, that are in place right now, um, protecting an employer from discriminating based on your your age, your race, your sex. Um, your nationality, your religion. These are things that are like American principles that everybody kind of is aware of. And so over the years, the past couple of years, during the Obama administration, they added sexuality. Um, basically, they, add, they added protections for the LGBTQ community, sexuality and gender identity being two of them. And those were challenged after, well, when Trump became president, those were all challenged. Um, and... Now they're at the Supreme Court level. The Supreme Court heard arguments. And basically the conservative Supreme Court, because it's majority conservative, are about to make their decision and decide whether it's legal to fire someone just for being trans or just for being gay. Do Um, do, do you think it's going to pass? I'm hopeful that it doesn't. Um, It it very well could. And if it does pass, then what we have to do is um, start paying attention to local protections in in the cities and states around the country, um, local governments and kind of electing people who we hopefully democratic or at least people who support LGBT equality um, in in your local towns and cities and states. Um, if it if the Supreme Court makes this a federal rule. Um, if and that's and if it doesn't pass, obviously then we'll celebrate. 
um, I have I started up a, a, a little campaign, a little grassroots campaign to kind of get the word out about these things. It's called the We Are yeah. Here movement, and you participated. <clears throat> and um, we're going to have some more information about that um, as soon as the um, the decision is made. Because the thing is, right now, the coronavirus, they're not everything stopped. So usually, what ends up happening is the Supreme Court here they spend all year listening. To, to cases. And then at the end of the year, they make their decisions on all the cases. Wow. This year, since Corona has, Miss Rona has paused everything. They're obviously not hearing any new cases because they're not allowing people coming to court. They're not gathering. So they just have the cases that they've already heard. And so yeah. now they're going to make decisions on those cases because they have to do something. And so they're going to work and just give out, deliver the decisions on all the stuff that they've heard. They've only heard a few things. And so mm. they're going to make a decision based on whether it's not. And this is basically, this is as simple as this. It will be legal for any employer to fire anyone in this country and say, you are gay. I don't want you working here. You're fired. Wow. That will be legal, meaning you can't sue them. And mm. if that happens, it makes it very difficult for, for LGBT people especially trans women and trans women of color to earn a living. And this is kind of one of the things that, that the, I think the Trump administration is really coming for. Even during the coronavirus, in the height of the coronavirus situation, when all of the governments should be working on how to get masks and equipment, how to work, take care of the hospitals, how to make sure that people can get tested, how, you know, healthcare and making sure that people get the money that they need. Even in the time when all of the governments, not just the president, but each local city and state government needs to be involved in this too. Even at that time, the Idaho state legislature is ha, has delivered a bill called H, House Bill 500, which stops transgender athletes from being able to participate in any <clears throat> sport. Um, there's all of the all of these all of this legislation that is being presented right now that targets transgender individuals because they can't. They realize they can't really win with gay folks. They've tried that. They came for marriage. They came for, you know, just um, gays in the military. That ship right now has sailed. Trump may try to reverse it, but the people that they're really kind of focusing on and targeting now are trans people, trans people in the military, trans people not being able to use whichever bathroom they want, trans people not being able to play school sports, trans people not being able to hold jobs because we can fire them. We can also make it legal to tell them that we're not going to hire them because they are trans. You know, like these are all the things that humans need: jobs. Housing. Have you experienced that discrimination as, as being as being trans? I know, like you live in New York, so like it's a lot more liberal there than mm -hmm. other states or places. But have you experienced like going to the bathroom and and? No, I'm I'm, I'm going to say I'm really blessed and happy that I I haven't really experienced a lot of this. I mean, some discrimination happens as sort of what we call microaggression where it's kind of under the covers and you don't really see it. You just, the effects just kind of happen to you. Um, for mm -hmm. instance, you know, me being a black queen on RuPaul's Rad Race, just to tie it in, you know, I know that no one has ever come up to me and called me the N word or anything like that to my face and said, it's because you're black. We hate you. No one said that to me, but I know that I work less. I know that I have less followers than I would have. I believe if I were a white queen, and so that's one yeah. way that it kind of affects you in the in the indirect way. Um, and so similar to that with being trans, um, I know that being trans, there's been, it certainly affects my dating life. Um, it affects, 
it, it has a being trans and being queer. It affected my work life even before drag race and all that. Um, it made, it was very difficult for me to find how, um, find work and find a place where I could go through what I, whatever it is that I needed to go through and express myself the way that I wanted to express myself and kind of just be, um, without feeling like I was, you know, a distraction. I did get fired from a couple of jobs. This is before I moved to New York because they said I was too, I was too distracting. Like back then I didn't, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily quote pass as female, but I did. I, I was, it was early. My, I hadn't even like medically transitioned. So I stuck out and, and they, they were very quick to let me know. You don't look right. We, we need to fire you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I, one of my best friends, my longtime best friend, I don't even call her a friend. She's, she's literally like one of my sisters. Um, her name is Madison. And we knew each other from the time we were 16. Um, I worked with her mother. And her mother tried to set me and her up on a date. Really? This is, this is this pre-transition. Is before, this is before Madison started to transition and she had she hadn't came out to her mother as trans yet. So she um she brought Madison to the job, introduced us, and at the same time me and her looked at each other and were like, oh girl, she is a she. Like she is a girl. Like we like me like she said that about me. I said that about Couple her. I'm like, yeah, this is not gonna happen. And we we hung out and we just became best friends. And then, you know, she confided in me shortly after that that she was trans and that she was gonna start her transition. I helped her with her transition. It was a very interesting time because this is, you know, this is before um social media was a huge thing. So she didn't have the resources. You know, this is in Alabama, girl, the backwoods. Um, yeah. So she, she, <laughs> luckily for her, she was very feminine looking. So like she blended in <laughs> really easy. Girl, you okay? Mm-hmm. You need to swallow? Oh, sorry. Uh, you can still hear that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All of that. I muted my phone. Oh, but you oh it's not that. mutant. It's not mutant, honey. You're over here <laughs> like a damn elephant, bitch. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> coronavirus, coronavirus. <laughs> um, but anyway, so she, um, she's transitioned. She has a husband now. Like she, mm. I love her. We talk all the time. Um, I don't know what my point of that was. That's that she. Um, I don't know either, but <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about before that? We were talking about just that it's, it's tough sometimes and discrimination is happening. So, so those of you that are, that are, that think that discrimination is wrong, then you should, um, please, please, please follow my social media page. I run it with Sandra Jennings and you, I don't know if you know who Jazz Jennings is. She's a yeah, jazz. girl mm-hmm. and Sandra Jennings and I run uh, a little organization called um, we are here as a campaign and we are making sure that people have all the, the tools and the, the resources that they need locally um, to avoid this. And one of the things that's happening right now in, in regards to Corona, there's definitely a lot of young queer people who are sort of cordoned off at home with their families, self-isolating, quarantining with their families. Some of those families are not um, 
open-minded or forgiving or, or, or supportive of them. And, you know, I'm, so I just think it's, it's really important that we focus on those people when we can. Um, and, Girl, I don't know what I would do if I was stuck at home with my family <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and I, and I do like my family. <laughs> well, let's move on to something positive and fun. I want to talk about, um, by the time that this airs, my show will have already aired, but we're doing a digital drag show mm-hmm. festival <laughs> with, it seems like, a million queens. I think my mom um, just joined today. Girl. <laughs> girl. President Obama's... Uh, up in uh, drags. Queen she's up, up in drag. For the first time. Um, but anyway, so there's a, a million of us, but we're not talking about all of them. We're talking about us. Uh, by the end, time this airs, my show will have already aired, this, which is this Sunday. But yours is coming up. Um, on what day? April 4th. April 4th at what time? April 4th at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. And, um, girl, get the tickets. You're posting it all over social media, so go find the link. Buy her tickets. Um, they're only $10 a household, and, um, it's gonna be so much fun. that you They can tip you through the, um... The site, website, station. yeah, mm-hmm. it's super easy. They can te- they can type um, and talk to you while you're performing too. I don't know if you know that, but um, you can respond to them kind of like how you do on live, um, Instagram live. Um, it's going to be a really cool show. So go check Peppermint Show out. Get those tickets um, if you can. It's going to be so good. And what what a cool idea. Who knows when we'll do this again? You know, I mean, a digital but- dra- drag show. Yeah, if this ends up, I mean, there's obviously lots of queens doing this. I mean, honey, I've never seen more people on Instagram Live. This is probably the most people in the world who have ever video chatted at once in humanity. You know what I mean? Most people don't do it every day. And so my, just Instagram Live alone is like super active. People are always on it. So I think people are really hungry for this type of connection and being able to see all their favorite queens and be so accessible. Um, And so... I think it's I think it's actually something that's going to stick around because I don't think that this Corona situation is going to be, you know, solved in a week. Like it's going to be here for a few months, I think. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to we're going to have to figure out a way to make some money, bitch. If not, I'm going to apply for Amazon or Walmart, bitch. They're still open. (laughs) (laughs) Girl, I'm I'm going to be. I'm going to be a greeter at Walmart handing out stickers doing hair flips, bitch. That's, I'm going to have on my little uh, Walmart vest opening it up with my merchandise underneath. You want to buy a pin? I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to do uh, damn drag shows in the deodorant aisle, bitch. Thank goodness that we have this internet, though, because if this had happened 20, 30 years ago, we wouldn't have been able to, to do it like this. Girl, I don't know what they did back in like 1918. The last time they had like something like <laughs> Nothing, this happen. Bitch. They just sat there and died. <laughs> I, I don't even know. I would, I would have died from boredom. You you ain't got no internet. You are stuck at home. What do you do about groceries? You know that that the the little stands probably closed down, bitch. You had to you had to grow whatever you. My dogs, all five of them, would have been eaten by now. <laughs> Ludo with some barbecue sauce, bitch. Let me tell you. Um, so what are you doing? Are you doing any like projects and stuff at home to like stay busy? Yeah. You know, I'm right now I'm obviously focused on the show and kind of like figuring out, you know, planning that and getting that together. Um, but one of the things I'm going to try to do, I mean, there's certainly things on the list as hard as I try 
to avoid, there are certainly things on the list that I could do. And so I'm reading a little bit right now. There's a bunch of um, just some some things that some friends have written, some like basically books <laughs> that they've written. Um, and, and I'm taking time to read those. Um, and I want to get a really organize a house, um, get, you know, throw out a bunch of old drag and stuff like that. Um, and I saw on the view of all places, this like garden with all of a sudden appealing to me. It never was, but now like, maybe I need to get me an indoor garden. I think I, I mean, I think I'm going to get an indoor garden and try some, try my, try to see if I got a green thumb. You, what are you going to, uh, grow greens, tomato, potato, uh, girl squash and peppers, squash and peppers. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're gonna really do it. That's gonna really be growing underneath your, underneath your, uh, your damn couch, bitch. <laughs> Girl. Exactly. Girl, tomato plants in your your bathtub, sweetie. Darling, honey, darling. If you take a shower, you have to stand to the right because the tomato plants need water. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I live. Well, um, I am. Me and Leo have like really, um trying to do as much content as possible. We're doing these podcasts. We're doing YouTube content. We're doing Instagram stuff. All these, like right now, we're focused on this winner's photo series that we're doing um, where we're reimagining. Um, and it's fabulous. And so are you shooting that currently? Or are you, are you shooting that every week? Or just shooting that, like, did you already shoot it? Everything. No, we already shot the regular season winners, but we're about to sh- to create and shoot the All Stars just so we have it. Um, winners are you, and you're um, sewing all the outfits. Majority of them, yes. Majority of everything we're making ourselves. Like the, this last one that we just posted, um, Leo created the entire thing, which was the Jinx was tribute. It yeah, it looks fantastic. And he did literally all of it, plus my my makeup and stuff for it. So we're really trying to just do as much content as possible. Um, you know, uh, put stuff out there on my YouTube, put stuff out there on my Patreon, because, girl, every dollar counts at this moment. Sweetie. You know, I think I'm going to open a Patreon myself. You should. You yeah. really should. You you really should. Um, well, bitch, are you going to join OnlyFans? Am I doing what? Gonna join OnlyFans. Yeah, girl, I'm actually ready to. Like, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you better put those two babies to work, bitch. Girl, you need pay that shit off. I gotta do something, girl, because I don't know. I mean, I need to do something, and I and I and I'm late on it. Right, I have to get on it. I think. I mean, I'm like so close. It's like I've been kind of toying with it and joking with it, but I actually might start. I'm a fucking OnlyFans. <laughs> This has been so much fun. We're going to do a game, mm-hmm. which is name that catchphrase and also take fan questions from Twitter. And those will be posted to my Patreon. Um, as soon as the, you can listen to this, it will be posted on there. So go check it out now at patreon.com forward slash Trinity the Tuck. Um, we have to do this again, okay? Absolutely, girl. As my grandmother always said, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, come sit by me. (laughs) Until next time. 